This is No Tracers. This week, we're going to switch it up a little bit and talk to a rooftopper. Let's get into it. Step into the world of decay, abandonment, and chaos. The story of an urban explorer starts here, at the beginning. Welcome to the podcast you've been looking for all along. This is No Tracers. Here, we take only photos. We leave only footprints. And remember, leave no trace. Hey, what's up? My name's Kay. I am the host of this podcast. Welcome to the show. If you've never heard of this show, this is No Tracers. It's a show about urban exploration, exploring abandoned places. And this week, I'm actually talking to a rooftopper for the first time, and I'm very excited about it. So this week, I'm talking to a guy named A. Walters. You can find him on Instagram. His links are down below. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, all the same username, A. Walters with two S's at the end. This episode is super cool. His story is amazing and his love for rooftopping and urban exploration kind of saved his life. And I think that that is super powerful and super amazing. It's a very inspirational episode. If you guys dig it, please leave a rating and feedback so that we can get more people to listen to this show. If you want to come on No Tracers, if you've got some stories to sell, uh, DM me at No Tracers, no.tracers on Instagram or contact at notracers.com. Before we get into the show, I need to thank Liquid Death Mountain Water, our partner on the No Tracers podcast. Liquid Death is a canned water company. They sell amazing, like still sparkling and three flavors of water in aluminum cans. Fuck plastic bottles, honestly. Uh, Save the planet. Use aluminum cans. Yeah. If you guys want to give Liquid Death a try, go to liquiddeath.com and use code just the letter K for 10% off your order. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. And uh, the last thing I need to let you know about before we get into this episode is that I have two photography books out and a merch line. Notracers.com slash shop. Go pick something up. Help support the podcast. And thank you for listening to No Tracers. All right. Without further ado, A. Walters, please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. All right. My name's uh, A. Walters. That's what I go by on all uh, social media. And uh, I guess I've been exploring for about six years now. Uh, photographer for about five years of that. Dope. So I usually have people on this show just for full transparency that explore abandoned places, but your story seems to be a little bit different. You seem to be more of a rooftopper and like a urban environment explorer. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I definitely, you know, do a lot more rooftops than abandoned places. Uh, I have, you know, explored my fair share of uh abandoned places but definitely not as uh, many as some other guests you uh, would probably have on here but uh yeah i guess rooftops would be more where i specialize in with uh, my photography it's dope so i actually found you because uh streets of toronto posted your photo from the uh baseball stadium is that what i was looking at yeah yeah so that's the uh, the rogers center in toronto that's uh the home of the toronto blue jays as well as uh host a lot of concerts and uh, other events that's pretty crazy so for, we'll we'll get more into that, but I want to know first, how did you get into exploring in the first place? Yeah, so since I was, you know, pretty young, uh, I always used to be into parkour. 
So, you know, I would always be looking to just climb things and, and you know, just explore my, my environment. And, uh, you know, I was always into that. I was always pretty athletic. Uh, I didn't really play many sports. I think I played probably, uh, I played basketball. I used to play soccer. You know, I used to do that when I was a bit younger, but I was always into like um, uh, parkour, you know, like flipping and, and mm. just running around and, and climbing things. So, you know, I did that for a while. And then uh, it was actually my brother. I would say he's probably my uh biggest inspiration that I have in my life and uh he uh I'm not sure exactly the story of how he got into it but around 2014 is when he kind of started like climbing roofs with his buddies and think I think just to you know screw around whatever and uh he started taking photos and he started because of my dad he used to be a photographer as well and he would shoot like events and and a lot of family photos and stuff like that so uh, I guess my dad inspired my brother to take photos and then he inspired me to take photos. And then I remember, I think it was probably 2016 is when it like really started. I would, uh, you know, go out with my buddies and, and stuff when I was like a younger teenager or whatnot. And um, we'd just go to like, you know, the areas around us and climb onto the uh, convenience store roofs or whatever, like <laughs> through the fire escapes and the back alleys and whatnot. And, uh, you know, we're just having fun. It wasn't really for anything but to just, you know, look around and, and, you know, see a new vantage point of wherever we were at. And then I think in 2017 is when it really started. And I hit my first, like, skyscraper downtown. Me and my buddy went downtown once to just go uh, take photos because that's that's when I got into photography. It was around March 2017. I had picked up uh, my first camera, which uh, inspired me from my brother taking photos. You know, I wanted to start taking photos of, of stuff. Uh, didn't really have like a specific passion for for what I just wanted to take photos. I remember I was uh, out with uh, one of my buddies who had a camera at the time, and uh, he gave it to me. I just put it on full auto mode and was just snapping a bunch of portraits of him, and I thought it was really cool. So I talked to my brother because he he's been taking photos for a few more years before me, and uh, he helped me buy my new camera, which was a Canon Rebel T3, I believe, with like a kit lens or whatever. Got it for like three hundred bucks off Kijiji. And um, I just started taking photos. I went into a uh, photo camp uh, when I was like 15, maybe 14. And uh, they taught me how to use like manual mode and stuff uh, on top of my brother teaching me me things here and there. And uh, from there, it just really sparked my my interest. And um, yeah, but I remember my first roof was uh, 2017 in the winter. And me and my buddy were downtown, just screwing around, taking photos. And we looked at this one building. We we're like, oh, let's try to hit the roof. Why not? I think it was like 50 stories or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, we get into the stairwell. We go up. And the, the door to like the mechanical room, I guess, the, the, the window was just completely shattered, just not there <laughs> at all. So because this was in the winter, I had a big winter coat on. So I'd actually wrapped the coat around my arm stuck my arm through the window and I was able to open the handle from the other side wow. and, and just opened it up. And, um, and then the roof door was actually just wide open. So, you know, we got up there and we were up there for like an hour, just taking photos. They aren't great photos. They're pretty shit, but, uh, you know, that was the first time I really hit like a skyscraper and, um, you know, it was just, it was just crazy seeing the downtown city because it was, it was pretty much central downtown. It's one of the most central like condos that we have in, in the downtown financial area. Yeah. And uh, it was just crazy to see it from that high up with that vantage point and not through just like a window, you know, or like looking through like the CN Tower glass or anything right. like that. Like, like it felt a lot more, more free and open. And, uh, you know, it was just it was just a, a really, really uh, life changing experience for me. And uh, through that, I just started doing it more and more with my buddies. 
And uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of where we, you know, I had some ups and downs or whatever. You know, I took a break for a while and then uh, came back to it. But that was kind of like really where it started, I guess. Yeah. I mean, one of my questions is, has anything ever made you want to stop exploring? So like, can you talk about like why you took that break? Yeah, so I think there's, I have two answers to that question. The first answer would be, uh, like, in more recent times, um, just the whole Instagram aspect of it, you know, it's very, like, competitive, I feel like. A lot of people are always trying to, like, one-up each other, Um, you know, and I feel like at the end of the day, I think the best thing we can do is just, you know, we're all a community interested in the same thing, and I understand it's very competitive, and and people can be very selfish about, you know, spots and and what people are hitting and all that and, and keeping it a secret, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if, you know, someone's doing, you know, rooftoping or exploring abandoned places, of course, we're not just going to, like, you know, post all the information online because then, you know, that, that'll expose it a bit too much. But, you know, if they're, they're really in the game and all that, then I think, you know, we should all just like try to be friends. You know, we're all interested in the same thing. We're all just looking to have a good time, take photos. Most people are. I mean, of course, there's yeah. a few people that, that don't have that respect for the for the sport. But, you know, most most people here are just really trying to, you know, take photos and, and you know, hit roofs and explore other places, tunnels, abandoned places. So, you know, I think the Instagram aspect has really had me, you know, sometimes wanting to stop. But, uh, you know, I've deactivated my account a few times just to take a, a short break. But the biggest break I took was in 2019. I don't think I really shot at all in 2019, except for maybe a few times. And it wasn't even roofs. It was just going out with my buddies to take some portraits or some projects for school or whatnot. But um, no, the main reason, so through 2018, me and my buddies, again, we'd go downtown and just hit random roofs, uh, random hotels and stuff. Nothing crazy, probably like 30-story buildings, which in Toronto isn't that big compared to the other ones we have. But uh, in 2019, I started to, to really get into some shit I wasn't really you know, supposed to be doing. Uh, I was still kind of young. I was in high school. So, uh, you know, I was just smoking weed a lot and, and doing some other other stuff I probably shouldn't have been doing. And it really just, uh, I don't know, like it distracted me from, from my mm. true passion, which I didn't realize at the time was photography. But um, so through all of 2019, pretty much that happened. And then uh, it was like the middle of 2019. And I had like a really bad like experience with uh, with some drugs or whatever, and uh, you know it just it just kind of changed my mindset and, and it fucked me up a bit and I didn't really know what to do or where to go, who to talk to or anything like that. So, you know, I kind of just uh, tried to deal with it myself through the second half of 2019. Then I remember in uh, it was like December 2019, I remember I was uh, just me and my buddy decided to go downtown and. Um, we just were like, oh, let's hit a roof. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, we used to go to this like one kind of roof through 2019. It was more just like a like a patio for the residents that lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would like smoke up there and chill. And it had like a pool we would sneak into and all that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, you know, um, I didn't really actually like go out to like take photos or anything until uh, end of 2019. We were out. And we are like, let's just try to hit a roof for fun. So we went down to it was like College Park area of Toronto, so it's like just a little north of of uh, like the central downtown core. And um, we had gotten up through just like just unlocked a door or whatever, and uh, you know it just felt really like like freeing. You know, I'd felt like I was like, you know, I wasn't in control of myself for a while after you know a lot of the experiences I'd gone through in 2019 with with drugs and whatnot. 
And, uh, you know, I remember just like sitting, dangling my feet off the edge of that roof and just feeling like like I had some sort of self-control again mm. and that I, I, you know, I felt really free and I felt, uh, you know, a lot better. And, um, you know, through that, obviously, I've always been interested in, in, you know, urban exploring and photography. So I decided to, you know, let's like, keep doing it again. And I had some buddies who, who were happy to go with me. Um, and, you know, I, I still kind of smoked at the time here and there. So we'd go up and we'd, we'd smoke or whatever up on these roofs and, and stuff. Uh, and, um, yeah, so I guess from there, it, like, really started to, like, spark again, like, the passion for it and a lot more than it had throughout, like, the past few years. Like, it really motivated me to get out and want to go explore the city, especially with all these new skyscrapers always coming up in Toronto, just getting bigger and bigger. Um you know, I just really wanted to get that that feeling again. And I don't know if it was the adrenaline rush or whatnot. I feel like it was, you know, a mix of that and just something else. But but just being able to look down and, and, and knowing that like one wrong step or, you know, sitting at the edge, like one wrong move could ultimately just kill you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was that gave me a, a lot of like self-control and that feeling that I, I really felt like I had lacked for, for, you know, that most part of that year. Um, and when I was in a pretty dark state. So, you know, that, that honestly helped me come out of that. And then through that, I picked up my camera again and I'd started taking photos and, uh, they weren't great again, cause I hadn't done it in a while and, and I still wasn't, you know, a great photographer, but, um, yeah, so I just kept going out and then eventually my school buddies that I was doing with it with just kind of got like disinterested. So mm. I remember I reached out on Reddit uh and like instagram and stuff to people just looking for people to shoot with and uh was able to get a couple buddies uh one old buddy who had still been in the game for a while who was my age at the time or still is and uh so i linked up with him and uh some dude i met on reddit uh and then one other instagram photographer that i had reached out to a couple years ago but i don't think we ever ended up shooting and uh they turned out to be some of my closest homies i still shoot with to this day Wow. And uh, I just remember beginning 2020, literally every weekend, Saturday, sometimes Sunday as well, Sunday night, uh, we'd just be downtown, just going to every building we can, <laughs> just trying to go up, explore, take photos. And we did that until COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, obviously, we couldn't go out. And yeah. that was like middle of March. So I had kind of stopped. And uh, by the time COVID hit, I pretty much quit all the shit I was doing. Like I had stopped smoking, I'd stopped uh doing about a bunch of other shit that I was still kind of doing here and there during January, February of 2020. And, um, you know, COVID honestly, I think helped me a lot, uh, you know, as growing as a person and maturing. So uh, through March, I was just on my PC, just playing whatever video games, not paying attention in class and stuff because mm. there was online school at that time. Right. And, uh, and then I think it was like late May is when I was able to go out again. So you know, I was just going downtown with my buddy and just started rooftopping again and and just kept going from there again, like literally every now it was like the summer. So, you know, pretty much every couple of days, if I look at my 2020 folder of photos, it's ridiculous. If I look in one of the months, there's probably like half of the month is in, in the folder. Like wow. I was probably shooting at least every other day in 2020. And, uh, you know, it was just it was just uh I think it just really helped me grow. You know, I was also hanging out with a bunch of people uh, that were older than me because uh, I would consider myself pretty young to be in the scene sure. um, compared to other people who are in their like mid 20s. Uh, and especially when it comes to abandoned places, those people are, are typically, you know, they can be 30s, 40s, some have mm -hmm. kids, all mm -hmm. that. Um, most rooftoppers in Toronto, I would say, are probably in their 
their mid twenties. Um, I know there's a couple that are in their thirties or whatnot, but, but I would be, you know, I would consider myself, you know, pretty young to be in the scene. So, um, you know, hanging out with these older people, shooting with them pretty much, you know, every day of the summer almost, uh, you know, helped me grow as a person to mature a lot faster. So I remember when I did eventually go back to school, uh, I was just like, damn, why is everyone so like immature? Like, it's just, it was just crazy to me, like how much I had grown through one summer of just hanging out with these people and having these incredible experiences and being able to take photos. And, uh, you know, I was all, you know, COVID was life-changing for a lot of people. And, and, you know, I would say it was bad for a lot of people and uh, there were certainly the bad aspects of it. But I think for me, it ultimately helped me more than it did negatively affected me, which was, uh, you know, something that was nice, I guess, that came out of that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, COVID kind of did good and bad things for people, just depending on like who you were, if you were a creative person or not, you know, I think for creators, it gave us a lot of time to create, you know, and to really dive into our passions. So totally. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, it kind of brought you back to, to life in a way, uh, brought oh, your passions absolutely. back. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So what, what is your most creative entrance into one of these places? Oh, most creative entrance. Huh. I'd probably have to say uh, there's this one like hotel downtown and we actually had to, um, the door was like dead bolted from the outside, right? So uh, there's a window in the stairwell though. It was probably like, like, and the ceilings were super high in this one spot. And uh, so the window was probably a good, like, I don't know, 15 feet up. Yeah. So we actually had stacked, like, two people. Like, we had my buddy on his shoulders. And we were able to, like, somehow, like, like pull ourselves up. So we had, like, two people. Like, one person standing on the ground bracing themselves. Another was, like, sitting on his shoulders, I think. Um, and then we actually had one more person climb up those two people to open that window. It was unlocked, climb through this tiny window is maybe like a foot and a half high, maybe just like a foot tall. So he squeezed through that and then was able to walk all the way around and climb up this, these staircase or whatever on the outside and then open the door for all of us to just walk out. Wow. Cause there's no way we're getting four or five people through that window. Yeah. No kidding. Dang. That's crazy. Like, like ants just like using yeah, literally, to like literally, climb into yeah, this yeah. building. That's amazing, yeah, yeah. dude. Wow. Yeah, no, that was, that was a uh, super funny, but yeah, they definitely <laughs> got to think of some creative ways to get on roofs. Cause, uh, you know, I find with like abandoned places, um, there's, there's a, there can be a lack of security depending yeah. on where you, where you are. I mean, of course, like the big houses or, right. or factories or whatnot, there's definitely some security presence, but when it comes to the roofs, you know, it's an active building. So they have, you know, paid security looking, right. looking for, you know, people like us and uh, trying to stop us on top of like the cameras and the sensors, which abandoned places have as well, but it's sure. definitely more prevalent in the rooftop scene. Yeah, definitely. And do you think, uh, have you noticed that it's become harder to get into spots now that oh, with like the yeah. rise of Instagram and, you know, social million, media things? Million percent. Yeah. With, uh, you know, social media definitely blowing up the, the rooftop scene. Um, it's bound to happen. I mean, there's really no way to stop it with this crazy influx and surge of people doing it all over the world. You know, if you look back like 2014, 2015, 2016 is when it really started below. But 2014, yeah. 2015 roofs would be, you know, super easy from, from my, you know, I've, I've talked to people that used to do it back then and, and seen stories and stuff. And, uh, you know, roofs used to just be open. 
you know, hatch would just be unlocked, a door yeah. would be unlocked, door would be open. And uh, the security as well, they, they really don't didn't like, um, like know about, about that at all. So they weren't really looking for it. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, cities like Toronto and New York and stuff like that have really uh, just blown up with the scene. You know, there's hundreds of people, I'd say, that do it in each of these cities. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with people, of course, bound to get caught. And on top of the fact that, you know, social media and the news is, is blowing it all up. Yeah. Over the past few years, you see buildings now that are being built with cams on the roofs. Like, there's this one building that's that was just finished, and um, we checked it out as a site, and there's already cameras on the roof. Wow. Getting like wired up and stuff, which you would never see like three years ago, even. Yeah. Um, except for maybe some of the big, big financial buildings, they might have some cameras and stuff already there. Um, but just you know, a regular office, forty stories tall, like you would never really see a bunch of cameras on the roof. That's that's honestly something that I think has been influenced by that surge of rooftoping and urban mm. explorer scene in the city. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's wild to see the the change that's been made. But I mean, I guess they they don't want people on the roofs. But I mean, like that's not going to stop you guys. You know, like you love doing this. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think. Um, you know you you just got to be smart about it and uh of course you know sometimes we all make bad decisions and uh, you know even myself i've made a bad decision here and there when it comes to you know getting on a roof or whatnot but um at the end of the day i think it's really just you know a matter of like risk versus reward and you know uh i think that you can look at that from two vantage points you know a lot of people will just be like okay well there's really no reward like the risk isn't worth any of the reward Mm -hmm. but you know i would say differently i think you know the everybody has a different reason why they do this. And, you know, for me, it was mental health reasons. And, yeah. you know, it made me feel a lot better and really helped me improve my uh, my state of mind. So, you know, I, I don't have plans to stop, you know, anytime soon. Um, of course, you know, I don't go out every weekend like I used to, um, you know, I've gotten busy just with, you know, life and all that. But, um, you know, it's never something I think I'll ever fully stop. I'll always be interested in exploring and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, no matter what security does, I think it's just whether or not, like, uh, it's really worth it. Like, if there's a camera looking at a door, are you really going to try to open that door on the camera, even if you cover it? Or is it better to just, like, you know what, why why, why risk it? Just, just leave, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, and that's something you don't see much in Toronto. You know, there's, there's, of course, the people who who do respect the sport, and um, I'm not saying there isn't any of the. There's a lot of people that respect it in Toronto, but you know, I've definitely seen a few people who just like, you know, throw all care out the window and really just are saying fuck it, who cares, and you know, whatever, just uh, fucking open the store on camera or just break shit, and yeah. and it's just, you know, it's, it's it's selfish to them because then they're like they ruin it for other people but as well as just like you know why why ruin it for for the rest of the community you know you may have gotten up to this spot but now you've just ruined it for everyone else it's like you know everyone's trying to do the same thing you're doing why uh why be selfish about it exactly i mean we've had some stuff in the abandoned community as well you know like uh recently i went up to detroit to film a boxing fight in an abandoned building and we initially had one place that we were going to do this in, but one of the guys in the community actually went and padlocked the door himself. Like, wow. wh- why? Why? Yeah. Like, dude, we were getting like death threats. We were getting threats of other explorers saying they were going to call the cops on us, which is like the number one rule. Like, don't do that. 
just yeah, because like snitch. they didn't get invited you know what i mean like yeah. the fomo was so real people were like give me the spot give me the spot like where's it at and we 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 like switched up the spot last minute so that nobody would show up and like yeah. it was crazy dude but i mean yeah we definitely deal with that kind of shit as well in in the uh, abandoned community which i'm sure you know all about as well um speaking of like risk versus reward what would you say has been the riskiest or the most dangerous explore you've done? Oh, um, I would say like the, like, I don't know about, yeah, I guess riskiest would, would work, but, um, I wouldn't say it's a matter of like, like dying. Actually, no, it, it could be, I guess, I guess you could put it under that, but there's a, uh, super tall, it's like the tallest smokestack in Toronto and uh it's called the hern and it's a it's actually an abandoned generating facility it got abandoned back in 2002 and it has this big ass smokestack it's like 700 feet tall it's the biggest one in the city and it's just on the harbor front on east of the city and um we had gotten into the facility or whatever pretty easy not nothing crazy um but there is like i had mentioned earlier you know uh security presence and and quite a heavy one that actually for this facility there's actually um they have cars going around like we were on top of the smokestack and um we were looking down and we saw like three security cars just doing patrols of the whole facility uh just going around and around which is crazy it's crazy to see how, how much you know security there is for just this abandoned spot but uh we we had gotten in or whatever and as we're at the smokestack base which is outside of of the actual you know um power plant um we were like rounding the i get you know it's a circle right so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, you can't really like look around a corner it's yeah. just like you know you're just going up like we're, we're really up against like we're hugging the wall of the smokestack and as we go around to where the door is at to get in we see a security guard and another well it's two security guards and a security car and they were talking one had the back face to us and the other one was facing us and they were like a good 100 feet away maybe 150 feet away and then about 200 feet away is the the big security hut where, you know, all the security guards sit and, yeah. and monitor or whatever and chill. So th- these two were talking like the parking lot by the smokestack. And we had about a five second window to actually get in to the smokestack because I remember I was looking. My buddy was like, yo, I don't think we can do this. It's like like he was just kind of risky about it. We, we weren't sure if we we're going to send it or not. So eventually I just kept watching them and I remember seeing one guard like turn his back and the other get into his car and we had about five seconds to like quickly open the door and get inside and close it and as I'm closing the door I see the security car like come out from like behind you know one of the trees that was just like in the parking lot and and it's maybe like 50 feet away from it and I was just able to close the door before I thought he saw us so now we have this 700 foot smokestack basically in pitch black there's about there's lights on for the first maybe 100 feet and then it's just pitch black you cannot yeah. see a thing so um we climbed up really quickly to try and get into the dark and i think we got up about like 100 feet or so just just while we're and we're sitting in the dark we waited there for like 10 minutes made sure no one was coming in or whatnot and uh you know once we thought we were good we just kept going up and it was 700 feet of just straight pull-ups on oh. a ladder it was it was brutal on top of the fact, you know, it's been abandoned for 20 years. So, so it's sketchy. You know, there's probably asbestos. The, yeah. the ladder is pretty fucked up as well. So uh, we had masks on. I had like a big ass respirator on that's used for like, you know, spray painting and shit. Yeah. So 
on top of like barely being able to breathe and 700 feet of straight pull-ups and we were trying to catch like the sunset blue hour time oh my god so you're um, on a time crunch too we're on a time crunch too we have like 20 30 minutes to get up this before it just gets pitch wow. black so you know at like the 600 foot mark we felt like we were gonna throw up like we're dizzy <laughs> lightheaded um i brought a water bottle for each of us luckily so we were sipping on that but i wasn't trying to take my mask off too much because i had uh, yeah. two other buddies who had went uh i think like a couple of weeks before us and they they told me uh they started to feel sick and stuff like a few days after they had climbed it because they didn't have any masks wow. um they didn't even they weren't even prepared for it they didn't have headlamps or anything i i kind of packed uh, knowing what we were going into, but but not to the full extent. I wasn't really expecting that big of a uh, a climb. I didn't know how how it would feel, but we had uh, two headlamps each, which didn't give great light. I mean, they're pretty shitty, like Canadian Tire headlights, and um, we had gloves or whatever in the masks. But uh, it was a brutal climb. I just remember getting to the top, and the only way to get out of it, there's like like you don't sit on top of like the chimney. It's like there's like a, a roof cover, I guess, because mm-hmm. there's like a big ass, like the smoke, like where the actual smoke comes out. There's like a big metal tube that goes down the middle right? Um, where the actual like exhaust stuff comes out. And we were climbing around like the like perimeter of it on the inside. So when we get up, there's like a big like roof covering it. And the only way to get out is by climbing up this little ladder and then actually like like throwing yourself off the side of it and then dropping down <laughs> to like a small little metal platform that just hangs off the side of this oh 700 foot God. smokestack with like four <laughs> metal bolts just screwed in. So it was, uh, it was pretty fucked. Definitely, definitely like one of the few times I felt like, you know, like nervous about standing on that, but, sure. um, no, that, that, that fresh air just hitting us in the face after 20 30 minutes of this dark asbestos filled chimney was was such a great feeling i remember we were up there for maybe like an hour hour and a half in the middle of like a thunderstorm as well wow because uh, we were hoping for some fog which we kind of got we got some fog blow through but we actually uh we got up and it was good it was, we saw like a storm roll in and we were taking our photos or whatnot during the blue hour sunset time and then um we had we climbed back inside and we just waited on the top there for like this like crazy wind and, and the rain to pass uh and then like 15 minutes later it kind of slowed down a bit we got back out we were taking our night photos and stuff and uh, trying to take some look downs or whatever and um there's still there's like a bit of fog left over so it was just it was just crazy the wind was absurd at one point like it was honestly just an unreal climb. I've never climbed something like that before. I've done cranes, I've done you know roofs, and I've I've run through you know subway tunnels. But this was just undescribable. Honestly, it was uh, wow. such like a challenge on my body. I woke up the next day, I couldn't raise my arms. Like my <laughs> chest and my arms were just you know fucking brutal. And I would consider myself a pretty healthy, athletic guy, but fuck, I was I lied in bed all day. I couldn't even move. Oh my it was god. Brutal. What like you're such a good storyteller that I like am envisioning this entire climb like as you're <laughs> telling it to me. It's amazing, dude. What a beautiful journey that must have been, and no, it's like, incredible. Just a an amazing experience for you to have. Uh, do you have any bucket list places that you're like dying to hit? Uh, I mean, in Toronto, um, the one building, the BMO building I haven't done, that's like the tallest in Canada, besides from the CN Tower, but I yeah. don't really count that as a building, more of just like a, like a tower. Um, but like actually like building wise, yeah, I would say like BMO and like, um, 
this one, there's this one TD building with like a big spire on it. It's super iconic in Toronto. And uh, yeah, definitely dying to hit that. But if I, you know, try to go up there, I'd probably just go to jail. So not really worth it. But maybe maybe one day. I, I keep my hopes up. I always, uh, I never say anything's impossible. I always try to think of, uh, you know, one day in the future, which is true. You know, there's these some buildings like, um, I would never think to have hit, you know, Scotiabank, which is the second, I don't know if it's the second tallest, maybe the third tallest or whatever. Um, never thought I would ever hit that in my life, but eventually I was able to, to, to go there. So that was incredible as well. Uh, I just remember once I got up, it was like it's 902 feet at the top. Oh my God. And I remember just uh, the first like 20 minutes of being there, I didn't even take any photos. I just sat on the edge, just wow. looking at this view of, of the city that I've never seen before so high up everything looks like a like a lego set you know it's yeah. tiny it's uh it was incredible i just remember dangling my feet and just watching and just feeling this feeling i i rarely felt when i go on roofs so uh that was just incredible but you know hopefully hopefully one day i guess you know some of those buildings uh, would be pretty cool uh i do want to get out to new york as well was planning that at the end of the summer but uh I was heading out to the east coast for school so i didn't have time to uh my buddies went um uh, the Chase To and uh, Hipso, those are my two like super close buddies I shoot with all the time. And um, yeah, so they went out and I was planning to go out with them, but unfortunately I didn't have the time to. So, you know, I'm hoping uh, next summer I can get out there and shoot a bit because that would be incredible. Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. There's some crazy stuff out there. Uh, what do you hope for the future of urban exploring? Um. My unrealistic hope is that, you know, it doesn't get much harder and that, you know, the community will get better and, uh, you know, everyone will just be friends at the end of the day. But I know that's probably never going to happen. So, like, my, my more idealistic future would be just, um, you know, like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just end, which I don't think it will. I don't think, you know, like, a rooftopping scene in Toronto will ever just, like, cease to exist. I feel like people will always be doing it and there will always be new people new uh, kids and teenagers starting to do it. Um, but again, with that growth, you know, buildings just getting harder and harder with these new kids doing it and maybe not knowing how to do it properly and getting caught really easily and stuff, then, uh, you know, it'll just make the city harder. But, you know, my hope is that, uh, you know, in 10 years, if, I, if I'm still living in Toronto, then, you know, I can just go up there with uh, some buddies and chill, maybe take some photos like, like in the old days, I guess. But, uh, uh, that's that's my idealistic hope you know things will still be doable without too much craziness but seeing how new buildings are coming up now i'm not too sure how long you know things will last without needing to get some crazy method to get up there so right hey yeah well i mean i hope you know selfishly i hope that the community improves and you know all the things that you hope for actually happen uh that it doesn't get too hard or too much harder rather um and lastly what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Ooh. Probably just like the, uh, you know, the general like rules, like the unwritten rules of uh, urban exploring and, and rooftoping and stuff, especially in Toronto. There's a lot of factors that, that you know, I, I, I put into play whenever I'm on a roof. You know, I'm always looking for different exits. If security comes up one way, I, I have another way to get out and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think back in like 2018 and 2020 and stuff when I was when I started to get back into it again, me and my buddies 
weren't really like paying attention to too much of that, which actually led us to being uh, caught quite a few times in 2020. Um, Cause we would just be going on a roof that's like super visible in the middle of the day and just stay up there for like half an hour and, uh, and get caught by security. But um, you know, we were a bit younger at the time. We were able to kind of play it off. So um, we never got into any like huge trouble. I've never gotten into trouble with the cops, which is good. And, wow. and that's, you know, I'm trying to keep it that way. Yeah. But um you know, I, I haven't been caught, you know, in a while, like severely, at least, you know, I've had a couple close encounters or a couple escapes here and there. But um, I think only maybe like one escape this year alone. And, uh, you know, compared to 2020, I was probably caught a good like, at least five, six times, which doesn't seem like a lot. But, um, you know, like when you're being dragged back into the lobby of a building by a security guard you know that's not uh, a great feeling to get five or six times so you know just uh being a bit smarter i guess you know i i kind of i try to think things out a lot more thoroughly and and um you know figure out the best play of action and back in like 2020 or whatever i didn't really do that so much um yeah i guess just you know like having some more knowledge of like what to do but i mean to be fair that only really comes with trial and error so Mm -hmm. you know without those failures i wouldn't have you know as many successes as i do now i don't think so yeah absolutely you know and i think you know during 2020 getting caught five or six times with the frequency you were exploring kind of makes sense yeah you know of course every weekend or or whatnot you're you're bound to get caught a couple times obviously i don't shoot as much of that uh, or shoot as much now but uh you know, if I was shooting every weekend, uh, again, I'm bound to get caught a, a couple sure. times typically. Um, sometimes guards don't even know you're up there. There's this one yeah. instance where I was actually up on a roof with just a girl and we were just chilling or whatever, just showing her the view. And, um, you know, super chill roof, uh, middle of the night, basically. No one can see us. We're just hanging out, listening to music, whatever, vibing up on the roof. And uh, two security guards just come up. And, and they didn't even notice us at first. Like they were mm-hmm. like, whatever, 30 feet away from us. And, and it was actually a security guard, like guy and girl. They looked like they were probably doing the same shit we were doing, just going <laughs> up to chill or whatever. And uh, they came up and then I remember one of them looks over at us and like gets like jump scared. They were like, <laughs> what the fuck? And uh, they like run over to us. And I, I saw them too. And I was like, as we're like, we're sitting on like the roof here and I was looking over and I'm just thinking, I'm like, okay, I just once they see me like I, there's no, no no point in getting up and trying to run right now right. i'm just gonna have to soak it so i just waited for them to see me which didn't take very long and then uh just talked my way out of it but typically when when the uh, you know you're with a girl security just uh really lowers their guard a bit like if i'm there with like me and like three guy buddies they typically get like a lot more upset than if i'm like me and a girl because then you know like we don't look like we're doing much harm right we weren't we again we weren't even taking photos we were just hanging out on like a friday night and uh just watching the city and stuff like that so you know i whatever i talked him down from, from doing nothing crazy told him a bunch of fake stories about you know however we got up and mm-hmm. that we lived here or whatever i told him i was apartment like 30 15 or some shit like yeah. that and uh they asked me how I got up. I'm just like, oh, all the doors were propped open with these little metal things and stuff. <laughs> so the second I turned the corner, uh, whatever, they, they were pretty chill too. Like they were kind of stressed at first. And then once I showed them, like I was just like apologetic and I just acted dumb. Like I didn't know I was supposed to be up there or whatever. Um, they were like, you know how to get down? I'm like, yeah. So uh, the second we turned the corner, I just fucking, we just start running <laughs> once they can't see us and, and we got out of there. But, wow. you know, I think, uh, yeah, like obviously things like that, but. 
but back in 2020 i was getting caught more just because like security was getting calls or you know people were seeing us or whatnot yeah um but now if i get caught i feel like it's more just bad luck right that's 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 like i think the past like two three times i've been caught has really just been luck like security comes up to do roof checks sometimes Mm -hmm. or security will just go up to chill and we just run into them which is just you know bad luck but uh it is what it is can't really do anything about that for sure well, hey, thank you for coming on No Tracers and sharing these amazing stories with my audience. Uh, if people want to keep following your journey, where can they find you online? Drop your social media. Yeah, so it's A Walters, A-W-A-L-T-E-R, and then two S's. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I post the most to Instagram. Um, Twitter, I'll drop some some photos sometimes that I won't drop on Instagram uh tiktok i post videos here and there and then uh youtube i post some videos as well here and there um and then my website as well awalters.com which is coming out pretty soon brand new version of it i'm working on it right now and uh gonna be a lot of new photos up there from the past couple years so so that'll be good but uh yeah no thank you again for having me on i really appreciate the invite and uh it was great talking to you sweet dude all right that was a walters a rooftopper little change of pace here on the podcast hope you guys enjoyed that if you know i'd love to have more rooftoppers on the show i think their stories are so unique and so incredible and that feeling he was talking about being free is really really powerful and and the fact that it kind of like revitalized him you know i think that that's super special and you know it's stories like that that inspire me to keep doing what i'm doing and keep following my passions uh i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did please leave a rating and feedback and uh, if you want to come on the podcast, hit me up at no.tracers on Instagram or contact at notracers.com and we'll get you on the show. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week for another one. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, go explore something, and remember, leave no trace.